0: Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.comslash awards.
1: All
2: right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your engine.
3: missed on some on, on some opportunities in the first half I don't know if it was that dramatic it's a fine line between you know drinking wine and squashing grapes as we say in this business and sometimes it's very subtle and so um we didn't change drastically in terms of our approach in terms of what we were doing uh we just acknowledged that we had some opportunities we didn't make and we needed to make more plays in the second half in all three phases and that's the mentality that we took the field with.
4: You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Good morning, Steelers Nation, and welcome inside the locker
5: room. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Moats, Wesley Euler with you here this morning and this week. We're off and running. It's a little Steelers Blitz in the locker room crossover. On a Monday that we've been waiting for for a few weeks now. Gentlemen, finally back in the win column. It's a victory Monday here on the show. You already know the digits to dial if you want to get involved over the next two hours. 412-919-1316. If you want to talk a little Steelers, our guy Jacob will get you up and on the board. Gentlemen, finally a feel-good Monday. What's going on, Wolf?
6: I got to tell you something. First of all, thank you so much for coming in, you and Arthur, to be able to come in and be able to participate and have a great morning. Of course, Chaluch is on his own personal recognizance dealing with some things and um, we pray for him and uh, we, you know, looking for all the best for him. So having said that, welcome to a Steeler Monday morning with a win. And even, the, but dear Jacob, how did Jacob get uh, the, get get the boss screwed up? Huh? <laughs> We're gonna go born to run. How did that happen, Jacob? So, Defend yourself, young man. You know uh-oh, what happened. Uh-oh. He's he's
5: on the phones right now, Wolf. But I, I know what ah, happened. There you go. Because I've done the same thing a couple times. Um, you know when you type in "Born to Run" into the system to grab the song, there's a few different versions in there, and I think young Jacob accidentally grabbed a lot. Li- <laughs> I, I think that was a, I think that was a stripped down live version of "Born to Run" at oh, the beginning man. there. But you know what? Much like the Steelers' Motzi, you know Jacob started out with a little bit of a mistake there, but uh, he he
7: didn't blink. He cut his eyelids off, and he got. It right in the second half. All about your response, baby. How do you handle the adversity? How do you create? <laughs> how, how do you correct an error that you've made? <laughs>
6: <laughs> Sensational, fellas. Way to begin it.
7: <laughs>
5: well, you'll uh, you'll have a, a lot of uh laughs and and some joking today, but obviously we we've got a lot of X's and O's to discuss here as well, uh, Wolf was that the kickstart that this Steelers team needed not you know not a complete 60 minute performance but the second half the dramatic 17 point comeback it, it, what felt like getting a lot of their hmm, a lot of their issues moving in the right direction is maybe the best way to say it in the second half was that the kickstart that this team needs here you know heading into January uh being now you know what 13 days away from the playoffs
6: you know, Wes, uh, that's that's a good summation. Look, at I got to tell you both truthfully, and I think you both know me. I'm one of those guys, and I talk about this often, that as long as you've got a number twelve or a number seven, a Bradshaw, you got a Ben, you always got a puncher's chance because it's that guy with that little bit of magic that can pull it out at any given time, pull things together. Now, after the last three weeks, you start to listen to some of the noise. And I could feel myself becoming kind of like a cross between that kid from angels in the outfield that kept stubbornly saying <laughs> it could happen. Yeah. You know, and also Robert Redford waiting in the natural, waiting for that crack of lightning, that bolt, that thing that mm. says, yes, it's there. That's it. And we saw it in the third quarter after remember four downs from the one yard line. I don't know about you, but that's as low as I felt all season. That's as low as I've felt for the offense in a long time. Four cracks from the one yard line after getting a first down, you know, uh, replacement there. Uh, and then to come back and hit Deontay with that bolt of lightning, baby, that was it.
7: Yeah, without a doubt, man, Um, very impressive, especially in that second half. I mean, it's crazy you think about just the, the the whole vibe of the game. I mean, it was people in the first half legitimately asking questions about if Ben should be the quarterback in the second half of the game. I mean, that that's where this thing was going. Um, the offense was looking stagnant again. The defense was hemorrhaging yards. But somehow, some way, right? I mean, you, you talk about halftime adjustments. You talk about going in there and having that conversation. Um, I, I think Juju spoke on a, a little bit about Benman in terms of just him talking about them guys not having fun. And ultimately, man, that being the big change for them, man, just going out there and just playing a lot looser and just mm-hmm. being more just there and not having that pressure weigh on you of, man, we got to perform. We have to win. We have all these expectations. Man, it was just good to see them respond like that because – up until that second half, man, it was looking like about to be four or five weeks of the same old, same old, the the underwhelming performances, mm-hmm. the disappointment in all three phases, but they did a really good job of addressing that, and I'm just hoping that this is the start of something good. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that they can bottle that up. Now, granted, next week is going to be a little funky because of the ramifications of seating already being done, no one seat available for them, and then just trying to balance that health element out, but man... I just I'm kind of torn right now because part of me is like, I want to see this continue to build upon it. I want I want another dress rehearsal of that mm-hmm. before this the playoffs. But then the other side of me is like, man, do you don't want to mess with that, man? They got a good thing going right now. Let's just bottle it up, put the cap on really, really tight, and hope that it's still fresh come playoff time. So <laughs> <laughs> So I, I I'm over here torn right now, man. <laughs> how do you right. feel? How do you That's feel right. about that, Wolf?
6: Well, uh, right off the top of my very flat head, fellas. you know, <laughs> But it's smooth, though. Very I'm, smooth. Very Hey, smooth. flat, flat <laughs> earth, flat head. I mean, you know, it works. As long as there it's smooth,
7: it. that's all that matters.
6: <laughs> as smooth as you know it. So my thoughts are, are, are very much like yours, Arthur. Look, I want the guys to go through the process of preparing all week long like they're going to play. Look, if you get told on Wednesday you're not playing, theres I don't care who you are, I don't care what a competitor you are, there's always all that stuff that drops in your gourd. The RPMs just back off naturally. You can't help it. It's a it's about the game that draws you towards those those RPMs that get you ready mentally. And I want these guys all walking through the process. And I want I want them to go through pregame and everything and go out there and start the game. And I don't know exactly yet how I feel about how much you want to play. I think you got to play it by ear a little bit. But you've got to capture what you just captured in the second half. That wasn't happening in the first half. All right? Mm-hmm. That did not happen. That's in the second half. And, Arthur, I think you're on something there.
7: Yeah, I, I just – because we know – how much of a rhythm is needed at this level. We know how, man, you go through these spurts every year. You're going to go through a spurt. Now, some sports are shorter than other, but you typically will go through a downtime like this, where you're searching, where you're trying to find that new winning method. And yesterday in the second half, not even the first half, if we, if we saw this for four quarters, I think it's still a different mindset going forward because Mm -hmm. you believe the sample size is large enough. But they were so drastic in terms of first half to second half that to me, like I said, I'm still (laughs) leaning on that, man, I I need you to, to, whatever was that second half vibe mentally and physically, we got to find a way to replicate that because that's going to be necessary going forward going forward, come playoff time, it's not you're not going to get any more Bengals opportunities. You're not going to get any more Jaguars opportunities. You're, you're not going to get a, a Ravens team that was ravaged by COVID. You're going to need to perform at a very high level if we want to do what we want to do, which is what? Confetti, right? Super Bowl champion. If we're just trying to win one or two playoff games, that's different. But I feel like when we're thinking about all of the things that we have our minds set on and the best course of action to do that, man, you're going to have to see that offense in particular continuing to play more like that and I think it's one of those things where you don't do that without going out there in stadiums and getting those type of reps those game reps
5: I think that's well said uh, I do for for what it's worth gentlemen um, <laughs> early line on that game the Browns are, I think, 14-point favorites. So Vegas does not think that the Steelers are going to uh, play the big guns, mm. or at least maybe they're thinking, like well, Wolf well, yeah, said, because, that they, that they right. play
7: maybe the first quarter or the yeah. first couple series. You, so To me, I'm looking at this like a glorified second or third preseason huh. game okay. where you're, you want the guys out there at least one quarter. To me, at least one quarter. And then from there, you can decide which guys you want to stand for the second quarter and who you will have playing into the second half. I expect the third and fourth quarter to look like a glorified preseason game. I want to see Mason. I want to see Dobbs. I want to see some of the younger defenders out there. Now, granted, we know through injuries and COVID and stuff like that, that that could get a little bit strenuous just because of the allotted numbers allowed to go out there. So it's not like you can sit all 11 starters on offense. All eleven starters on defense. That's not what we're talking about. But guys like seven, for example, right? I would love to see him at least get a quarter, and then from there you sub him out, and then you, like I said, you go down. It's the trickle down effect after that. But I'm just, I I still feel a little uneasy about just having them sit just in in sweatpants the whole time. Yeah, because let's be real. I mean, outside of that second half, when have we felt like that? When was like seriously? Think about throughout this season. The last game we felt that type of energy.
5: Uh probably the first Baltimore game. Small right? Which was
2: mm.
7: a
5: long time ago. Late October, early November. Uh, a long time ago. Halloween. Think about <laughs> a long this, time
6: ago. <laughs> think about this fella's how bad did you feel after that four downs at the one? Oh. That that I, yeah. I'm telling you right now that was as low as you could possibly feel I would think anyhow because at that point in time I was even starting to to to, to have that that glimmer of hope Starting to fade a little bit in me, and I, you know me—I'm I'm one of those. You're I'm optimistic, those desperate. I well, I'm one of those guys that you know. If you if you if you if you, if you got a, drink, a glass of water, it's half full, half empty. Drink the stupid thing. Don't bother deciding, whether <laughs> it's half
4: full, or half empty.
6: You know. Well, it, <laughs> I mean, it, that's just the way you go.
7: <laughs> and, and without a doubt, and I would say this, man. Another reason why I was so upset about that uh, fourth down sequence where they got stopped was. The previous red zone fourth down sequence, what did they do? They came out and ran the ball two times and they punched it in. That particular series, when when they get down to the red zone, it's like they forget all about the run game and they just get pass happy. And that, to me, was very frustrating because I just felt like it looked like yesterday they put forth an effort to run the ball situationally. We saw, especially early on, short yardage situation, goal line situation. They were trying to run the ball. And it's like they got away from that. Now, granted, it ended up working out and we – I mean, we're going to dive into some of the reasons why it worked out, but mm-hmm. it's not as if yesterday's second half performance isn't something that we've seen before either, in terms of when we create the turnovers, but also when we are finally connecting on some of these downfield plays, whether you're connecting on the pass or drawing the penalty. We saw that pop up again in a positive way for us, and that ultimately gave a lot more life to this offense.
6: No question about it, Arthur. You're right on.
5: Yeah, I think that's well said. A lot of minutia to get into, fellas. We'll continue to do that throughout the day. We'll take your phone calls as well. 412-919-1316. Arthur Motes, Craig Wolfley, Wesley Euler. We're in the locker room today, and we have got a whole bunch to discuss, so don't go anywhere. You are in the locker room with Wolf, Motes, and Euler on SNR and ESPN Pittsburgh.
3: Intensity and, and a demeanor um, that was contagious, um, but but he always brings that. That's consistent with who he is. He just hadn't been very available of late.
5: In the locker room, Wolf moats Euler on a victory Monday. Wolf, I-, I was forgetting there during the break. What was the movie? You, you referenced a pop culture uh, movie there in the first segment. I think you were talking about when the Steelers right. got stuffed at <laughs> the goal line. What was that
6: line again? Well, well, one of them was angels in the outfit. That's it. The, you know, mm-hmm. the, the kid. Yeah. I believe. I, I know, believe. It could, no, he says, <laughs> it could happen. It, it could, could happen. happen. It in could a, happen. other words, that, that, yeah, it can still happen. And that's the thing about it And here's the thing arthur knows when you're in that huddle when you when things are looking so bad you still have to believe and you got to find that spot in yourself that refuses to bend refuses to quit refuses to lay down you just can't it just it's not part of you and i think these guys found it in that second half maybe after the 11-0 run You kind of get a little bit, ah, you know what? You know, things are going nice. It's all nice and smooth and everything. And then all of a sudden, you got boom, 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 three punches in the face. And what's going to happen? Are you going to quit that first half? It looked to me, oh, Mm. it just was not looking good. But somewhere out there, they kept fighting. They found that dog in them, and they came back and bit them.
7: Yeah, Wolf, and that's something that you alluded to uh... You know, uh, since I'm very fortunate to do multiple shows with you, we were doing a Steelers (laughs) TV, and you and you talked about um, this—the belief that the guys have in in Seven and Big Ben when they see him, and how it can motivate them. And I do feel that that was one of the bigger differences in the second half. That first half, I felt like all of their morale was down. None of their energy looked good. It looked like they were being out physical and just not as motivated. But Seven taking over in the locker room and saying what he Mm -hmm. said. And then you see him set the tone when he came out. It was his energy. And then from there, he hits the big shot deep that, you know, we've been criticizing because he was struggling with Mm -hmm. the deep pass all season and even in the first half. But he comes out and hit that shot, the shot that we've all been waiting for him to hit. And you could just see how everybody out there responded to that, the energy from there and how it just started to snowball. And from there, you could see us – Riding that wave, and then the Colts ultimately drowning due to that wave as well, man.
6: <laughs> let me just say this, Wes. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, mommy. you're good. And it's a little bit hard. I can't see you, so we're going on. Yeah, voice just and so so here. everybody knows, we are uh, Moats
5: and I are in the studio. Wolf is still back at home, so yeah. If we uh, you know, if we trip over each other's toes a couple times, just bear with us.
6: <laughs> let me let me just take you back to Cincinnati last week. What do we have between Hubbard and Lawson. We had a sack and eight hits, at least eight hits. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how many more buzzed Ben, roughed him up a little, you know, how many more yet. But there was only two quarterback hits and one sack yesterday. You watch that offensive line. Somewhere in there, they got after it, and they started to keep that pocket much more clean than it's been. The second thing I'll say is look at it. Ben's average pass per attempt. Uh, last week at Cincinnati, it was 4.1. This time it was up over 6.7 somewhere in there, six, seven, six, eight. Um, it says everything about the fact he's, he's staying clean. And the fact that he's driving the ball down the field and you look at the uh, completions 25, 34, 39, those are big completions. That was big.
7: Yeah, man, him being able to stretch the field like that definitely opened it up yes. a ton, a, a, a huge amount. And like you said, for us, man, we're just hoping that this becomes – this goes back to being the norm. Right. We went through a span where he was not completing passes 20-plus yards downfield consistently. And yesterday in the second half, man, that, that that's why I keep saying it's the tail of two halves because I'm trying to think of the last time we really saw a game – that looked like that. I have to go back. I feel like Baltimore, the first one, man, in terms of just so polar opposites. Maybe
5: Tennessee too. Tennessee as yeah. well. Yeah,
7: just so so polar opposite in terms of how they went from being like they looked like they were down and out going into halftime. I mean, people were criticizing Coach Tomlin right. not being aggressive, and for me, I'm over here like. I don't blame Coach Tomlin for not taking the timeout because we were hemorrhaging. We could not stop yes. them, and they could score on us at will. So when we got that little opportunity to get out the half and minimize the damage, I'm like, as much as I would love to have said be aggressive there, if you get them the ball back or they end up – because remember, earlier on on that same drive, that they ended up wasting the time. Mm-hmm. They did have an 80-yard gain on it. We, we forget that because of the penalty. Yeah. But that happened like two day, two plays prior to that. So I'm just like – Man, it, it's crazy how that felt for it to come out of that second half and switch so fast. I mean, I don't think any of us could have expected that.
5: No, absolutely not. A, a particularly, right? Uh, one play, what was it, thirty-nine or forty yards to Deontay Johnson? Then the Colts go Deontay. three. Then the yeah. Then the Colts go three and out, and then a, a short four or five play drive for the Steelers, less than two minutes. Ebron in the back of the end zone. All of a sudden, it's a three point game, and and that's kind of where I was going. Uh, In reference to that Angels in the Outfield uh, reference that you made there, Wolf. Wolf, have you ever seen uh, History of the World, Mel Brooks?
6: You know what? I actually have seen it. I don't remember a lot of it. It was a long time ago, but I have seen it. Yes.
5: There, there's a part in that movie where, you know, the late, great Gregory Hines is in a sword fight and he starts to win the sword fight and he screams out, the tide is turning.
2: And, that, <laughs> and, and, and that's what I, you
5: know, you were thinking of angels in the outfield. I was thinking history of the world. It it, it really did guys. It, I mean, tale of two cities, whatever, you know, whatever, tale of two halves, whatever You know, cliche, pop culture cliche you want to use. Man, uh, it it, it happened quickly for the Steelers. And I think, guys, it it might not look like it on paper necessarily because I think a lot of times we judge these things statistically in the run game, and the Steelers did not have a great output in the run game. But I think the offensive line – Digging deep down and finding something in that second half was really important. It, it, like I said, it wasn't necessarily done on the ground, and I don't think that stands out on the stat sheet. But like you guys touched on, on, a, on a minute ago, uh, Ben was hanging in the pocket more often. He was making throws, you know, taking the extra second and a half, two seconds to look downfield more often. And if it wasn't for the, you know, the, the 180 that the offensive line did in the second half, that would not have been possible.
7: Yeah, man. They, they, there's, oh, go ahead.
5: <laughs> go, no,
6: you go ahead, Arthur.
7: Please. Oh no, I, w- I was saying that. Um, I thought that they did a really good job, though, especially in that second half of just. I felt like they finished better. That that was a big thing to me, man. Um, even dating back to last week, man, I just thought the finish lacked a little bit. I thought they made initial contact with some of these guys, but they just got outworked. Whereas in this second half of uh, the game yesterday, I thought that man, they just they played more inspired. They all, I mean, across the board when you watch the tape. Everyone out there in that second half looked like a totally different player. Like, it's, it's nuts to me. I mean, outside of Mike Hill. Mike Hill, and he played crazy from start to finish. But mm-hmm. the, a, a large portion of those guys out there, they just played so much more inspired. And I thought, man, that was really prevalent on that offensive line, man, just seeing how physical and just how much cleaner Ben was in that second half, man.
6: No question about it, Arthur. You're hitting right on it. You, that line kept him so much cleaner in that second half. Look, it's a cold day. You know, he he's not a spring chicken. You want to keep your man upright and you want to keep him dry so he's not, you know, uh feeling uh, kind of a little like the scarecrow in the, in the in the in the cornfield, a little rusty, you know what I mean? So the fact is you you did some really good stuff. They 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 dug down, they kept him clean, and some of the things that happened was and I I saw uh if you look in the third quarter, uh Kevin Dotson ran a trap now, great mm-hmm. googly moogly. It was a second and two. And he, and, and, and I think Benny Snell, yeah, Benny Snell ran it. And it, he got the two yards. But Dotson came down the line of scrimmage the way you should. He tried to get up into the line, hugging the double team the way you should. He got inside out on Danico Autry the way you should. And he blew up Danico Autry at the point of attack, creating a gap. And you got two yards. Now, it was only two, two yards. But that's a start. Bottle that. There's more to be had there. That's one of the things I love about Kevin Dotson. He's great on search and destroy missions. Give him the opportunity to get out there on the hoof, find an unfriendly, and blow him up.
5: Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Wolf, because I was—I uh, know on on Monday here on the show, you guys like to give game balls, and that's kind of where I was going next. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger uh, gets one, and he deserves a lot of credit, but I, I thought Kevin Dotson was, was very important, Wolf, and to kind of – you know, getting, getting that unit, the offensive line, getting that ship turned in the right direction in the second half in particular.
6: No question about it. I think the addition of the young man, it's like I said before, I've felt this way from the beginning uh, or not, I should say after we saw him in, in camp and, he, and so forth. Yeah. But the fact is Matt Filer in my mind is a right tackle and he should have stayed at right tackle, but I, and I'm not denigrating the performance of Chooks or how far Chukes has come. But the fact of the matter is I just felt Matt was capable, very capable there. And Dotson has proven himself to be a very capable starter. He's there. He's going to be there as long as he stays healthy right now, in my opinion. Now, the other thing about it is, too, um, you know, I got to – if I'm going to give a game ball, all right, number one, it goes to Ben because nobody turned that ship around more than Ben. Those throws, they're unbelievable. I, I'm sorry, and I, I know that I'm acting maybe a little childish for a 62-year-old, but dadgummit. <laughs> you know, when Ben threw that zinger to Deontay in the corner after that 0-4, uh, four whiffs at the goal line, was that not Robert Redford in the natural knocking the home run? <laughs> uh, come on, that's it, baby. I know, absolutely,
5: absolutely. He, Wolf, it, that was... I think of of all the things to be encouraged by yesterday. I mean, that's got to be at the top of the list, right, Mozi? Without a doubt, that's what Wolf said at the at the very start of the show here. You know, about a half an hour ago, it felt like when you had Terry Bradshaw, you always had a chance. It feels like when you got Ben Roethlisberger, you've got a chance. Mm-hmm. When, when he when he plays like that, when he conducts the offense mm-hmm. like that. Uh, it was a symphony of success in the second half at Heinz Field. How you like that? How do you like, I, I, how you like that you. alliteration there, Mike? I see
7: you going on over there. And, and I like how y'all both are just so offensive heavy, so offensive loving. If it's not for Mike Hilton, we don't, we're don't. we not oh. even in the game. Stop the disrespect, both of y'all, all right? As much as I love Ben and as much as that second half was amazing, don't forget the first half was part of the reason of his performance. part of the reason why we well were in too. that hole, yeah. I must going to say, T.J. Watt balled out, but Hilton – from start to finish, man. He gave us play after play after play. Even when our DB started railing for a little while. Cause remember, in that first half, man, when they hit that shot to Pascal, man, we all started looking around like, oh, mm-hmm. th- this is this is not going good. Yeah. Usually our secondary is playing a lot better than this. This this isn't good. And Hilton, man, makes a play. Makes another play. Makes another play. The timely interception at the end, for me, I got to go with Mike Hilton, man. And, and he's a guy that is not on the field 100% of the time. So when, when I see a guy that's able to have that type of impact, but he's still a situational player, to me, man, I think that speaks volumes.
6: Arthur, I got to jump in, Wesley, just a moment. I would say the same thing except for this on that if he had scooped and scored I would have said yes but it got caught from behind
7: <laughs> wait a minute now wait 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 a minute now 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 remember we we got on TJ what for, for scooping and trying to score and ultimately not getting possession. So I, I'm not going to go again. I'm not going to think back and say, well, hey, man, he got the ball this time, but he didn't scored. No, no, no.
6: Or did he not? Did, did he get possession? <laughs> did
7: he get possession? Did he get possession? That's the key. See, possession.
6: That's where, we, that's where the offensive guys and defensive guys stand on separate sides of the line of scrimmage on that
7: one. Because <laughs> I definitely remember that conversation, Washington football game, TJ Watt in the crowd. Oh, TJ just falling the ball TJ trying to score We don't get the ball They get the ball And they go score So let, let, let's not do that now <laughs> He learned from somebody else's transgressions. He learned from someone else's mistakes. That's right. Co- Coach always says if I'm speaking. Coach Coach Tom will tell you this all the time. I might be speaking to TJ, but I'm talking to everybody in the room. So if I'm telling you I need that ball, I'm talking to everybody in the room. The next time there's a loose ball, we better come up with it. Arthur, he got caught from behind. <laughs>
6: The only thing worse would have been if that had been a kicker.
5: (laughs) No, but uh, the Steelers needed that, absolutely, without a doubt. Uh, We'll continue to give out some more game balls here when we come back. 412-919-1316. If you want to jump on the phone lines to close out the first hour of the show, you are in the locker room with a little Steelers Blitz crossover. It's Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, and Wesley Euler on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.
3: I've been watching Ben like you guys have for for 17 years, man. He's a competitor, and as long as there's time on the clock, he's going to keep coming at you.
4: You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. Ben Roethlisberger,
5: fourth place now in terms of most comeback wins in NFL history after the dramatic 17-point comeback The Steelers get one they desperately needed at Heinz Field. We're giving out some game balls. We'll get to some reaction here. Let's go to the phone lines for the first time, if that's all right with you two gentlemen. Um, Let's go to Ed in Cleveland. What's up, Ed?
8: Hey, guys. How are you? I only only got a a couple small things I want to talk to. First of all, I just want you guys to know, I listen to sports talk all day at work. I, I work 55 hours a week, and then I probably listen 10 hours at home. So over the last week, I haven't listened to sports talk probably not even an hour. And I listen to the Touch of Wolf every single day. And I usually listen to you guys, Wes. And and I listen to you on the other station, uh, Arthur. I listen to all you guys. But I couldn't listen for a whole week. I was just shut out, Now I'm just happy to be back. Listen, being able to listen to the radio because I could not hear it last week. It was just driving me crazy <laughs> that I could I didn't want to hear, especially living in this town that I live in, in the city of Cleveland. <laughs> so you know, now they do now they think they're going to dominate us next week because we're going to probably play Mason and, and and you know the Mason. We didn't get Sunday night game because of the Mason and Garrett type deal. So, that's all I really got. I just want to know, I, I miss you guys, and I'm just glad to have you guys back in my life a little bit. That's all. I just totally miss, especially you. You know, Wolf, you know how this And I just got one other thing for you, Wolf. I happen to be looking on uh, uh, Steelers.com, and I've seen this thing about you in this eating contest or something. How do they put a guy like you in an eating contest? That's one thing I, I was wondering. And then where's that goatee? you got to get that goatee coming back, Wolf. I missed that from you. That's all I really got. And I'm just glad to be back, guys. And just for game ball, it's obviously Ben and Mike. Hilton and uh, Ben dominated that game yesterday. No other way. And I'm not trying to be Nostradamus. And my buddy, who I watch the game with every week, he's probably listening right now. I was the one who told him
9: that we were going to win that game 28-24 to yesterday. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Like-
8: <laughs> Personally, Personally, I feel like we haven't put, we've only put one game together all year, guys. One one game and that was the Cleveland game. For a full game is what what I'm getting at. Outside of that Cleveland game, we we put nothing together as a full game. We've only won games in half and that's that's what we did yesterday. We won a half a game. We didn't win the whole game. And the outcome, yeah, we got the W, but they dominated the first half and we dominated the second half when it matters. That's all I got. I'm glad to be back and I uh, love you guys. Thanks. Uh, uh, well, and uh,
5: Arthur. Thank you guys. Thanks, hey, appreciate you, man. Glad to have you back. And, um, <laughs> you know what fellas, I think, I think we could probably echo Ed's sentiment. Um, man, between the three of us, betwixt the trio of us, Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. I mean, I don't know if we've ever had a bad day in our lives. We're always smiling. We're always <laughs> happy. The three of us, we're very kind of on the same page in that regard. I mean, we're on the sa- in the same book, same chapter, same page. The three of us, it's hard to bring us down. But, man, at, halfti- <laughs> at halftime of the game yesterday, Wes, we'll- <laughs> I
6: have had a bad day, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> You don't last 12 years in the NFL without getting your butt kicked.
7: We, hey, ain't that the truth? We all have had those days. Yeah. Well,
5: no, 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 no doubt about that. I don't I don't think you last a long time right in, in any kind of, uh, any type of c- career, any type of performance industry, I think particularly, too, without a couple bad days. But we're always smiling. Uh, we're always, you know, the, the three of us are you know, Wolf talked about glass half-empty, glass half-full. We just drink the whole glass. I mean, the, the, the three mm-hmm. of us, yeah, there, There's we've never seen a, a half-empty glass because that's just not how we look at things. But, fellas, to, to Ed's point there, I mean, at halftime of the game yesterday— I'm not going to lie to you. I was not looking forward to to coming in this week and having the same conversations that we've had the last couple weeks and you know what would have felt like almost eulogizing the the, the Steelers. I I'm with Ed. The, the last couple weeks, you know, it's 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 been a a little I don't want to say depressing, but it's 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 had you a little downtrodden at times, but a uh, complete 180 with what they were able to do in the second half there.
6: No doubt about it. Look, if I can just take you back to a moment when after that throw to Juju sealed the victory, you got to touch him. Basically, I shouldn't say sealed the victory, but after that throw to Juju put him up 28 24. If you go back and watch the TV thing, watch the expression on Ben's face as he hugs Pouncy. Hmm. It's not, this is not running down the field cheerleading and stuff like this. This is a man who's bound for hall of fame okay this is a guy who's had an incredible career he's worth a lot of money he's worth all this but you know what none of that matters it's just what he did in that moment in that that afternoon when he threw three touchdowns in 11 minutes that's the only thing that matters and i'd love go back and look at that and see on ben's face and it just tells you everything about the man and what he was trying to get done That it's really, I think it's special.
7: Yeah, without a doubt, you could see the emotion on Ben Um, yesterday. I mean, I felt like we haven't seen that from him in a while, honestly, in terms of just that look that you were talking about, where it's not the over the top, I'm running up and down. It was more so just the, man, we've been pressing for this. We've been trying to make this happen for so long. And it's finally clicking right now. That that, that Mm -hmm. to me was beautiful, man. You could definitely see a sigh of relief on his face and the guys around him their their faces as well, especially when you start hitting on some of those deeper passes.
5: Yeah, without a doubt, no doubt, and and that's I mean that kind of, that stuff's contagious, right? We have um, we've seen that at, at a lot of points this season for sure. When, when the defense is humming and creating turnovers, when Ben has the offense moving down the field, uh, that permeates a, a lot of other aspects of the team, uh, puts a pep in everybody's step, and and, and certainly like we saw, uh, lets them uh, get some momentum and and just attack and. Like ben, and, like ben said, like Juju said, like Ebron said in the postgame, have fun out there, right? They were not having fun in the first half. I don't think any of us were having fun watching, uh, but the second half was certainly a different story. Let's go back to the phone lines here. Marcus in Alabama is on the line. What's up, Marcus?
10: Hey, good morning. It's an honor to talk to you guys. Well, thanks for coming. Um, listen, so this is a true story. I'm I've, I've going today to get a stress test done on my heart and uh that game didn't help me <laughs>
5: no doubt no doubt
10: yeah. <laughs> might hurt the stress test a little bit <laughs> so i was i've was listening to the commentators this morning on uh espn and one commentator said something that uh, really caught my attention he said mike tomlin during our 11-0 run said every perfect about us is our record and I was like you know um we have been winning a lot of those games but it was like you know spotty you know we would have a good first half a good second half or something like that but you know the thing that really occurred to me is how bad luck the Steelers have had the last five years and injuries coming late in the season probably cost us several Super Bowls you know if you think about it when uh, Mm -hmm. Uh, Bale got hurt, and uh, I think Brown got hurt, and a few other. Even Ben last year with the defense we had, who knows what that team could have done if we'd have had him, you know, throughout the year. Um, you know, I just find that that's so unfortunate for for the Steelers. And um, I don't know how many injuries we have right now, but I was wondering if you guys could tell me. Like, I think on our offensive line, we don't have all of our original starters. And even, like, and in defense, like Bud and a couple of guys going out, you know, I was wondering if you guys could tell me, like, how many replacements do we actually have? And I think that maybe with those replacements playing as much as they've been playing now, that maybe they're getting, you know, to get in on, on line with, with the rest of the uh, players. What do you guys think?
7: Yeah, um offensively, let's see, we know uh, the left guard situation, that has been a little bit of a revolving door. Um, Matt Filer was out, Dotson played, but then last week, you had the mix of J.C. Hossener and uh, Derwin Gray, who played in the, in that spotted left guard, but for the most part, offensively was pretty much healthy yesterday. Now, defensively, you still have some guys missing. Obviously, no Bud Dupree, no uh, Devin Bush, and then also, not only did you not have Devin Bush, you didn't have Robert Spillane, Vince Williams did make his first appearance back in the past, what, two weeks? But other than that, everyone else was available. Um, yep. Tyson was out there, cam yep. to it, and and Coach Tomlin did allude to this after the game. He said the guys that have been missing time, um, they they should be on the way back. Um, in terms of guy a like, uh, guy like Matt Fowler returning, uh, potentially Robert Spillane Robert returning Spillane. for the playoffs yep. as well. So they, he's already hinted to some of those guys being able to come back. Now, obviously, Bud Dupree and Devin Bush will not be returning this year, but outside of those two guys, everyone else should be coming back. You know,
6: let's take a look at that for a moment, all right? Think about this. Do you know what a giant hole Ramon Foster left in this
7: line? Are you talking about on on the field or just his size? Because he's a giant man. (laughs) I mean, I tell people all the time, I tell people all the time, that is one of the largest men I've ever been around. Like, Pouncy is a big guy. Al is a tall guy. But Ramon is just like – He's like a wall. Yes. Like people people joke about, oh, he's, he's big like a wall. Like, no, no, this guy literally is the size of a wall. Like it was nuts.
6: <laughs> exactly, Arthur. And that is what I'm saying. You know, you had to fill that hole. That guy was such a competitor, such a tough guy, and such a, 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 a well-respected man and voice in the locker room. Arthur could say it much better than I could because he played with him. But the fact of the matter was that's a big hole to fill offensively. Then you had the right tackle situation where you moved Matt Filer, which I thought Matt was the best of the three, uh, being out there, being Chooks and Zach Brenner, Banner, those guys uh, out there together. So in my mind, um, this offensive line's done well considering. And let me just say this too. Think about the rebound that uh, Al went through. He had a tough week against uh, uh, Lawson. Carl Lawson's a, a serious competitor. Everybody's got that little bit of kryptonite out there that, that uh, for some players, it's a bad matchup, just, right? Yeah. It, it's just a bad matchup. We I saw mean, it with Rulon Quentin Jones. Nelson and no, Cam no, Hayward last man. year. man.
7: Sometimes it's a Rulon bad matchup, Jones man. From,
6: yeah. Rulon Jones from the Broncos haunted me. Okay. <laughs> it, it was just, it was a bad matchup with him. But the fact is, um, it, it will happen. You rebound from it and AL played well yesterday.
5: Uh, absolutely. I, I, like I said, like we talked about Marcus, I, I think, you know, uh, obviously, In that regard for the offense in the second half, uh, it it starts with Ben, just like like every team in the National Football League. It it, it has to start with the quarterback, but I thought the offensive line I don't know what they did at halftime. If it was some soul searching, if it was some rah rah, if it was just sitting <laughs> sitting in a dark room being upset.
7: But but Come what, on, uh, man? They had to have fun, so they sung Kumbaya and roasted marshmallows by the fireplace.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I heard
7: I heard they watched uh, they watched clips from Elf and Home Alone,
2: yeah, and, you they, know they, their they, favorite
5: they, Christmas movies they, to, to, to get them fired up and halftime. They,
7: they threw on Sandlot and was like, "Oh yeah, man, I'm motivated now. Let's do this." <laughs> well, I'm you know, I it's,
6: I was asked by somebody. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just
10: saying, I'm curious to see uh, how this team will do, if we can just stay healthy the rest of the year, you know, and see, I think we can punch a pretty good ticket in the playoffs if we can just stay healthy.
5: Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's important. Thanks for the call, Marcus. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. You guys have a good day. You You as well.
7: Uh,
5: Wolf, what were you saying there? You said somebody asked you something.
6: Yeah, I, one of the things that I've been asked, and, and again, I, I also think Arthur can chime in on this too because you know what it's like. But I remember a couple situations where you're in a tough spot in the game and Mike Webster walked in the huddle and he's muttering to himself. And I hear him say, I've had enough of this and some other adjectives, <laughs> lonely, you know? But therein starts, at some point in time, one of the, the great players says, I've had, yeah, it's that, that one, uh that one movie I've had all I can stand. I can't stand no more. You know, I mean, it's about time. You you got to put it together. And those things happen. I mean, the competitor in each player out there rises up together and it's those beautiful moments when it comes together. Like you see Ben, you see Deontay in that crack the sky moment, you know, but you, what you saw was an offensive line that across the board kept Ben clean. Those are the moments that just turn things around. And once you've done it, That's a reference point for the rest of the season. We've done it before. We can do it again.
7: Without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. And like you say, as much as we would love to come out here and just say, well, man, you you should be fired up like that, man. It shouldn't take a first half like that. I mean, the human nature element is real. Sometimes, man, it it just things aren't bouncing your way. I mean, it happens. But when you get those great leaders, when you get those great players who are willing to speak up and who not only will speak up, but their play can stand up and match it as well, then you get that type of contagious energy where it trickles down throughout. And first-hand experience, man, I've been in some of these locker rooms at halftime where Ben has come mm-hmm. in, fired up, where Ben has come in, and he hasn't been playing his best. And he looks us in the eye and he tells us, look, man, that first half was on me. I got us in the second half. Y'all do y'all job, I'll take care of the rest. And you believe him because he's done it time after time after mm-hmm. time. And yesterday, man, I just started having flashbacks. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a call Cog in the will. How, how many times you told me be a cog in the will? Most we are cog in the will. We all got to do this thing. And if we all play our part, man, we could do something great together. And you sure enough, you, you put your head down, you go to work, and you look up at the end of that thing and you're like, man, we did something special here. Like I, I, I can't explain how it happened, how we turned around that game, but we did it. And, and it all starts with that leadership right there, man. I think
5: that's well said. That's well said by two guys that have been in the locker room. You are. In the locker room here, Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. One hour in the books, 60 minutes to go. We'll get the more of your phone calls on the other side and continue uh, to discuss everything from the Steelers' big 17-point comeback win yesterday at Heinz Field against the Indianapolis Colts. Wolf, Motes, Euler, hour number two on the other side on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.
2: Like a vision she dances Across the porch as the radio plays Oh, Olberson singing for the lonely Hey, that's me and I want you only Don't turn me home again I just can't face myself alone again Don't run back inside, darling You know just what I'm here for So you're scared
3: lot of confidence in our our defense's ability to leave them uh down there now that's easier said than done i appreciate the efforts in terms of making that real
4: you're in the locker room with tunch and wolf presented by neighborhood ford store the ford f-150 is the official truck of the pittsburgh steelers now here's tunch and wolf Hour number
5: two inside the locker room, Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you know the drill, you want to get involved with the show, 412-919-1316. Those are the digits to dial. We're also getting some tweets here, gentlemen, and uh, we've had a few people on Twitter chime in, ask about uh, T.J. Watt and the chokeholds that he was getting put in, the, the constant holding penalties on T.J. Watt. Um, and no, no. you played the position.
7: No, 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 We're not going to do this because, you know, as defenders, we always feel like we're held all the time. But you offensive people act as if holding doesn't exist. If it's the Steelers on offense, oh, holding doesn't exist. Steelers on defense. Now we talking about holding. So, no, no, Wolf, I would love to hear your your reaction to to whether these were holes or not. Because from my personal experience, I was told if a flag isn't thrown, there is not a hold. and then they say a hold. happens on every play. We just choose when to call it. So you, you know, you you, so, so you, you you answer that for me, Mr. Wolf, Mr. Craig Wolfley. You let me know what, was he being held yesterday or not? Because I feel like he's held all the time. But y'all you know, y'all say I complain too much. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Answer that for me.
6: All right, you know that I love you, Arthur. That's just spectacular. Oh my goodness. Here. Let me tell you something, buddy. Okay, (laughs) here, this is how it goes. Back in the 80s, the way they had structured the holding call, think of my hands on the points of your front anterior deltoids. That's it. That's all you could have. Anything the way they hold today, what they get away with today, I deserve a letter of apology from the Referees (laughs) Alumni Association for every holding call I've ever had. (sighs) But truly. Arthur, yes. There was so much holding going on TJ uh, Watt. It was just unbelievable.
7: I, I agree. And we knew going in, too. We we said initially that this was to be a five-star matchup, right? Our uh, D-line slash edge rushes against their mm-hmm. offense line. And then we find out, what, 24 hours before kickoff, they're going to be down both of their starting tackles. So Chaz Green, for those that don't know, Chaz Green has struggled throughout his career. Um, he, he gave up, I think it was a six or seven sack performance to Adrian Claypool back when he was in Atlanta, got him paid big time. Man, multiple guys have had success. So we, I mean, when we saw T.J., beating the drum with this guy early. I was like, yeah, I expect more of this. And then it kind of stopped. And I'm like, what's going on? And then you see it. I'm like, oh, this guy's tackling TJ. He, he, he's he oh, got a headlock over here on one of these plays. Like, it was out of control. It was. But I just, I, I just wanted to know, you know, because like I said, man, it, it, I feel like that happens a lot, especially for us edge rushers. And we don't get those calls. <laughs> they, they tell us, stop complaining. You know, you, you 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 can't always look for the flag. That's what they told us. I said, "Well, wide receivers look for the flag all the time, and cool. y'all applaud them for that." We 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 changed the rule. Granted, it was for one year, but we changed the <laughs> rule for wide receivers and passing the first. So you can even challenge it. I said, "Man, when can we get it where we can challenge offensive holding? Can can we get there, please?" <laughs>
6: Good heavens, you know there'd be no end to it. That's the problem, you know? (laughs) I will say this. I, I reflected over my career, though, for a moment. I do remember the worst holding penalty, the most flagrant penalty I've ever intentionally done was Bradshaw's last game at Shade Stadium when he threw two touchdown passes before blowing out his elbow. But the whole mantra, the whole week of that was, you can't let Terry get hit. And, I took that to heart in the second quarter. I got I got beat on a rush, and I tackled Ben Rudolph from the Jets <laughs> so bad, so blatant. We skidded to a halt with me on his back, okay, right in front of the Bradshaw's feet, in front of the referee. And you know what? He got up and he was just giving it to me. Until, of course, we saw that there was no flag. Oh. And then he turned around. And I'm kidding. This is probably the most blatant holding call in the history of the NFL on my part. Okay. And and he's screaming, you dog, you dog. And I walked by him. I said, yep. Every dog has its day. <laughs> I got away. It was unbelievable. So there you go. Oh, like
5: that. Sticking with TJ Watt, fellas. I got to tell you, I think yesterday really helped his defensive player of the year candidacy. Um, now he's got 15 sacks on the season. You know, we, we talked a little bit earlier in the year that kind of the, the one thing that he needed some more of was some turnovers, right? You know, until a few weeks ago, all he had, I think was one interception, but now he's forced a few fumbles. These last couple weeks, I I know that that guy that plays in Los Angeles, that grew up here in this in this city, is is one of the best defensive tackles, one of the best defensive linemen that we've ever seen. Certainly, the best of this era. But guys, I I think T.J. Watts got a real chance to win this thing, especially as you know the Steelers win and, and lock up the division. And the Rams are kind of one foot in the grave. They're losing games, might be out of the playoffs. Because as we all know, even though they are individual awards, uh, team success certainly helps dictate uh, who ends up winning these when when it comes down to splitting hairs.
7: Yeah, but I I feel like just the past seven, eight weeks has been this two-horse race, and it's more so which game you watch. If you watch the Steelers play, then we're going to be over here talking about TJ. If we watch the Rams play, we're going to be over here talking about Donald. Uh, it's just a testament to both of those guys and their productivity. Obviously, we're going to be a little bit more biased because of TJ and everything that he did last year. We thought that he still should have been in the conversation sure. a little bit more than he was. But, I mean, he's he's doing his part. He's putting them in a position to be in that conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. And even though we talk about Aaron Donald and the Rams kind of uh, railing a little bit, remember – Before the second half of yesterday, we were in that same conversation where we were railing a little bit, man. So it's going to be interesting to see how much that sways the voters. Because, like you said, I mean, team success does play a part in this. There's a reason why Shaq Barrett last year and Chandler Jones last year weren't even in the conversation as heavy as we thought they probably should have been. So when you factor in those things, man, I do think that T.J., not only performing the way he did, but also the Steelers winning against the Colts, too. If this is the Bengals, if this is a team that isn't viewed as a, a, a real playoff contender, I think it's it's skewed a little bit. It's not. It doesn't hold the same amount of weight, but right there, man, I think because it was the Colts and because of the time of year in which he played like this and the splash plays he made, I do think that's going to give him a big boost when it comes to the votes.
6: No question about it. I think it's so very well said. I just... I appreciate you know what I appreciate about that young man is the fact that his skills he has not settled for just developing a skill set to a certain level. Uh it's it's apparent you watch him. If you look at his two sacks that he had in the first half the the first sack um you know he he, he came inside on the green and and got to Phil River second one he ran the arc around. I mean just those two things alone watching how he ran the arc on the second one to get the fumble strip sack mm. on the second one. That was beautiful. He trapped the arm down. Uh was so tight coming around the back door. On the first one, he gets green going backwards and, and gets to the inside of him and use that one arm stab to to, you know, cut into the hard angle inside. I love the fact that he keeps developing and working on his skill set to increase it, not just Rely on, uh, you know, just one staple of of one or two moves.
7: Yeah. And that was the thing that we were always impressed with with TJ early on, man, his hand usage. We thought that he always had a great rush plan in terms of identifying what you want to attack each rush. If you want to come out here where, hey, we're going to speed rush this time, we'll commit to that rush. If you're going to come on, you say, hey, I want to take him up field, hard three, and then after that, on that third step, I'm powering the inside number, I like Kevin Green. Man, okay, he commits to that. Right. He does a really good job of committing to his move. Sometimes, man, with, with prolific pass rushes or younger pass rushes, they'll have an array of moves but they they won't stick to just one. They, they, they'll come in and try to do three moves on one rush, and you're like, you're doing a lot of nothing. But TJ, man, he's very mature, and he's gotten even more mature throughout his years of understanding his rush plan and then actually implementing it, man. Great hand usage on him, and he already, I mean, mm-hmm. it shows up so much, but he has just a natural feel for rushing the passer, and this is the thing that a lot of people still have forgotten. He's coming into his own a lot more now, but this would have been the equivalent to if he was an outside linebacker for four years at a college university. Remember, he was a tight end. He was a tight end. (laughs) He got switched to outside linebacker, had a, a year and a half of success, and then from there, he made the jump pro. So he's still learning. That's why I say at this stage, it's like, man, this is how you would have typically been after four years of developing that position, and now we're seeing how productive he can be on a play in and play out basis due to that. Hundred
5: percent. That's
6: a great point. Yeah, wow. Yeah, re-
5: really is absolutely. And I, I tell you what, guys, I believe I saw this yesterday. Uh, seven or yeah, seven different uh, edge rushers were drafted in front of TJ in the draft. I bet you those seven organizations, eh, they, they might have wished that they grabbed that guy who was playing tight end when he started at Wisconsin and, you know, had the big, famous, older brother. Man, hindsight 2020.
7: We're not about to do that.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
7: no, we, we, say, we, we say that now. I saw people going crazy. that uh, Taco Charlton had got drafted ahead of, uh, when that whole situation mm-hmm. happened, man. we We know – Hindsight. We, and that's why we always love it because typically in Piss we're always on the good end of that, right? We well, talk when about A.B., we talk about these guys. When at the back end of the first right. round Absolutely, for two man. decades in a row, too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always a lot of these project pieces, essentially. Guys that, man, they're talented, but they have issues. Remember with T.J. coming out, it was – was a former tight end, mm-hmm. along with having knee injuries, so even then there was still some speculation around him. So that, that's the only reason I was like, we we can't all the way go there because it, it was a little bit different the circumstances, man. I'm just giving Kevin Come Colbert on, man. some credit. I'm just trying Come to give on, Kevin man. Colbert some love. Baby. You could give him love without taking shots elsewhere. Oh, shots, shots,
5: <laughs> shots fired. I'm, I'm, I'm particularly I'm looking at you, Cleveland. I, I know
6: you,
7: Steph Curry, over there.
6: You shooting at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I heard I heard Arthur mention Taco Charlton. All I could think about was Taco Tacos. Bell. I'm hungry.
3: Hey, I'm not yeah, gonna lie. Taco. Oh
7: man. Hey,
3: hey. I'm Taco just doing my bumper. job. You know my uh,
6: job. Okay. If, I, if I'm
7: in the locker room, if I don't talk food, if I don't bring mm. up food, I've done a disservice. So you're you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, speaking of food, because you. you know we always have to
5: chase our shiny silver. Platter of food. I mean, our shiny silver object here on the show. Uh, We did get a question on Twitter, fellas. Our favorite thing, best thing we ate
7: over Christmas. Uh, For me, man, I smoked some wings. Yeah, smoked wings. Fire. Absolutely. Ooh, Wow.
6: You know, I'm going to go old school. My wife made a ham that was just out of sight. Mm. I mean, I kid Mm -hmm. you not. I mean, I was coming with the butcher knife. And it was just cleaving some hunks off the thing. You know, I mean, you, you didn't even wait to cut the slice off; just oh, cleave yeah. that a hunk of it you and love, have that some you mustard. Love to see oh, that. oh, you love. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Two words. Yeah, I'm that's okay. carnivore.
5: Oh, carnivore, red meat carnivore too, oh. baby.
6: Yes. Two yes. words.
5: Two words, gentlemen. Prime. Rib mm-hmm. Alright mm-hmm.
6: I like that it, it is Very not, nice It is
5: not Jesus' birthday mm. At the Euler compound Without some
7: prime rib Well see I believe that Jesus go. had dreads And that's why He laid chicken <laughs> 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 That's what E-40 told me He said he had dreads So, so you know <laughs> It's just he likes some chicken. The jerk chicken, right? Yeah, you know What's what I'm saying? saying?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a <laughs> Oh,
5: my. 412-919-1316. If you want to talk Steelers or Christmas meals, we got a break to get to here. But we'll get to some more of your reaction on the other side. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler having some fun and, and getting everybody hungry here in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.
3: is a fighter's business this is a competitor's business and i expect all to compete and to smile in the face of adversity and he did
4: you're in the locker room with tunch and wolf presented by neighborhood ford store the ford f-150 is the official truck of the pittsburgh steelers now here's tunch and wolf craig wolfley arthur moats wesley Euler in the locker room on
5: a victory monday a little in the locker room steelers blitz crossover here today and tomorrow for yins out there in Steelers Nation. I heard from Mike Tomlin there coming back, uh, talking about Deontay Johnson there. Fellas, one of the other things that Mike Tomlin said in his post-game press conference that's been um, making the waves around Steeler Nation and just throughout football fans in general, uh, Mike Tomlin saying there's a fine line between drinking wine and squashing grapes. Uh, I love that Tomlinism. I do. But I've got some bad news for people. Because we've gotten a couple tweets about this. How'd you guys? You know, I got a new favorite Tomlinism, uh, folks. Yesterday was not the first time Mike Tomlin said that. Yesterday yeah, he's, was he said that. Yesterday was not the second time Mike Tomlin said that. I'm pretty sure Mike Tomlin said that mozi back when I was in high school. I know he said it a few years ago too, as well. Uh, but but I love that that the, the, there is a fine line uh, between drinking wine and squashing grapes. I I I do love the Mike Tomlinisms, but yes everybody, come on. I mean, he said that plenty of times before. What are we doing here? 412-919-1316. We also got a tweet here, gentlemen uh from jake who says since you guys are talking <laughs> about food i need to know settle the debate once and for all when it comes to chicken wings flats or drums
6: oh drums no question drums
7: moats i eat them both equally that's, I'm what, not I, that's what i was gonna yeah. say too I, okay. I mean i know people that like are, are legit like it has to be like one or the, other. or the other yeah. I, i've never been that guy i say I, I like the people that are like that because it means more for me but yeah man i I don't discriminate man
6: let me ask you okay now understand i'm a buffalo boy Mm -hmm. i've eaten at the mecca of wings that being the
7: anchor bar thank you thank you for putting respect on the right one too i appreciate that
6: oh yeah absolutely now here's the thing i want to ask you if you're down to one drumstick and a flat Mm -hmm. which you go for huh what do you go for you course. go for the meated one. No, no, no. I alternate. I, one. No,
7: seriously. I, like, I'll, I'll alternate. Dead serious. Like, I, I, when I'm eating my wings, I typically have like twenty, right? And whatever I had to start it out, whether I grabbed up a, a, a drum first or a flat. No, first. no,
0: no, no.
6: Not I'm going your just back wings, and forth, back and forth, you're back wings and forth. With up, no, no. There's uh, other like, people. Eating. What do you mean? It's like the you last
5: know. two slices of pizza. Like you get one, I get one. If oh, there's only a, if there's only a drum and there's only a flat, right. and you and wifey I, are I, splitting. I, oh, honestly,
7: I'm, I'm just going to tell the person if they have a preference, they pick it because. It doesn't matter to me, okay, honestly. Okay, good. Yeah, good. It, it, it wouldn't bother me either way. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's right. right. You're a good that, partner for but Wolf. But that's why I always tell people, I'm always like, because some people, they're serious. I mean, it's still different when you talk about candy, right? Some people, I only eat the red Skittles. I only eat the yellow Starbursts. I'm like, to me, it doesn't bother I'm going to eat them all. So you take which ones you want. If you only want flats, you eat the flats. I'm going to eat all of it, though. Cause I just, I don't want to, I don't want to leave a stone unturned. If that, that might've been the best flat wing ever created. And if I miss it because what I judged that book by its cover (laughs) because of the shape of it, man, what what does that say about me? (laughs) You know, you know what it says about you?
6: You're an inexper- inexperienced wing eater is what I'm telling you, my friend. That's what I would tell you, okay? Leave it to the old man to have to school you. If you're down to a drumstick and a flat, you got to go drumstick. Because, Well, let me ask you this. Are you a blue cheese man?
7: No, I'm not. I actually, unless, oh, it's, unless it's a oh, sauce. It's, so oh. if the sauce isn't already placed Arthur. on the wing like a barbecue, or a, a, a hot or whatever, Arthur. right? I don't want oh. ranch, blue cheese, celery. I don't want. I mean, you're if you're a you, classic man, if you need oh. that to make the wing taste good. The wing probably isn't cooked good oh, enough. Shots
5: fired. That's all I'm, I'm saying, man. I, I, I've especially oh, oh, now at this oh, stage of my on life. And shut up
6: now, yeah. Young uh, <laughs> man, you got to listen to
7: the old man. Here. Listen, if you
6: need a sandwich with all <laughs> these condiments,
7: know, that sandwich you, wasn't good. You don't
6: know a wing. <laughs> but, hey, a wing is, is not complete without blue cheese. No, 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 now, blue now, now, I really got, got a que- now,
7: now, I got to question your foodiness, okay? Yes. You eating your wings oh, with blue no, cheese? Now, now, are you eating your steak with steak sauce next? Is that what you're doing now? You Your Heinz. 57, <laughs> you a one got two? Like, what, what's next? Oh, I, I've done that. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. We're not, we're, not we're not finished with the wings. What are you doing? We're not finished, Wolf, Wolf like we're not finished with
6: the wings. What are you doing? Wolf is like a real buffalo man. He's not ready to be done talking about the wings, baby. No. Let me ask you
7: this. Do you do celery with it? No, no. Huh? Like I said, I don't want any condiments with it. Oh, my... It's, it's no different than a road. steak. See, a that's steak, the problem. A steak cooked. <laughs> no, Think about this. Wings cooked the right is... way and steaks cooked the right way. They don't need. They don't need. Steak? No, no, no. You, oh, my. You, you, you don't I'm need a condiment. On. You don't need a condiment. Oh! If, the, if it's cooked the this... right way, if it's seasoned the right way, you don't need all that extra stuff. That's all I'm saying, man. You got to put. Listen, I'm sorry. Listen. When, when, when you, listen. You got to dress it up sometimes when it's under the line, when it's not varsity. When is varsity, you don't have to do all that, baby. We ain't got to look around.
6: Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> varsity is done by dressing it up my friend, you know. I've seen, I've seen you in your gear. You come out with your little towel hanging just right out of the front, jersey tucked in just right. Think about it, that's you standard. The, no, that's no, no, standard. No, 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 that's minute. standard. <laughs> no, 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 that's not standard. That's, when when, when you're, you look at varsity dress, no, no, no. When
7: you, when you look at the mannequins, when they put the uniform out there in Dick Sporting Good, every mannequin in Dick Sporting Good has. A head, has a swag towel. <laughs> it's, it's, swag a, it's a towel. mandatory no. uniform. It's a part no. of the uniform. Did you just call it a swag no. towel? That's what it's called. It's called a swag no. towel. what you call it? It's, a, it's swag. You, what I call it? It's not drying your hands. I am not going to say. <laughs> Them little I towels are drying your hands.
6: It's, it's a style. <laughs> just, that's what I can't the. It's, it's, it's,
7: it's an accessory for the look, but it's a part of the, the regular uniform. It's not like we getting out here with a, a colored towel, like, oh, let me get a red towel or a yellow towel. I'm no, sorry, no. It's, it's the standard edition
6: white that's towel. You have to go, have to, go <laughs> to a specific place in the locker room. No. And go to the equipment no. and get a towel.
7: No, yes, no, do. no, I man. My four yeah, years there, the my, my, my four wear, years there, they, they had everything laid perfectly on my chair.
5: Well, that's just because you're a big timer.
7: I mean... <laughs> I told That's, them I knew Wolf and they hooked me up, all right? I, I, I going to be real. I said I said, look, I know Wolf. Uh, We've done some shows together. Oh, oh all right. We'll we'll even iron your towel then, okay? We got you.
6: <laughs> in that case, you're lucky you got a towel.
5: <laughs> Listening to you two go back and forth about the proper wings, it was like, you know, the two Buffalo guys. I thought of I thought of Bane in Batman where where, you know, Wolf was Bane. He he looked yes. at Batman and he said I might have thought that you were born in Buffalo, but you were merely adopted <laughs> into it. I was born in Buffalo. I was baptized in wing sauce. I didn't you, have. You, I didn't merely, have uh, uh, you
7: merely adopted <laughs> the great white North Arthur Chicken wings were my breast milk. That's how I grew up. I was born. Ball- I was borned well, by this.
6: <laughs> let, let me tell you, when I got to Syracuse University, the doctor, after my first physical, came up to me and said, I looked at your blood report. It's 40% chicken fat. (laughs) (laughs) Wolf, speaking of Syracuse real quick,
5: have I ever told you my anchor bar story? No. Okay. I'll I'll give you the spark notes version. My, my freshman year of college, uh, WVU was playing in the first round of March madness in Buffalo. Okay. Um, and so me and my buddies went up for the game. Uh, we, we played Missouri to to go to the Sweet 16 and WVU won. And after the game, we went to the Anchor Bar because we, you know, we had to try some Anchor Bar mm-hmm. wings when we were up in Buffalo for the first time. Syracuse was playing the night game you know how they do those NCAA tournaments there's like an early game and then a night game there's some time in between to get the fans in and out Syracuse was playing in the night game so when we went into the anchor bar and we're all decked out in our WVU stuff of course there was a huge group of Syracuse alumni like 20-30 people sitting at a huge table who were clearly about to go to the Syracuse game and at this time WVU and Syracuse are both still in the Big East and so you know there's just some fun natured ribbing you know they're like oh here comes the Mountaineers hide the moonshine you know or just they're asking us questions you You guys guys in college and we're telling them, yeah, it's our first time at the Anchor Bar. Well, this big group of Syracuse uh, alums gets up to leave to go to go watch the Syracuse basketball game. And and the one guy comes over and is like, hey, like, have you guys have you guys placed your order yet? And we were like, no, dude, do you have any recommendations for us? And he goes, yeah, don't worry about it. I got you guys taken care of. Like, you know, enjoy college. I remember being a freshman. Like, welcome to Buffalo. Wolf, he bought us 100 wings. This Syracuse guy. Oh, wow. This Syracuse guy nice. bought us 100 wings for, for me and my three buddies, paid for them all, said, welcome to Buffalo, welcome to the Anchor Bar. So, you know, I, I when it comes to chicken wings and, and you Syracuse guys, I, I hold you in high order. There we go.
6: <laughs> I can say this truthfully. I used to bounce at a place out in, at Syracuse when I was, uh, you know, in college to make some money in the offseason. And I had a deal with the cook, and the, the deal was this. If he could make wings – that were so hot I couldn't finish them, I had to pay for them. But otherwise, mm. if I ate them, <laughs> I like he that. had to pay for them. Let me tell you something: they were nuclear, and <laughs> that's when you love blue cheese. A <laughs> yeah. something to take the heat off.
7: Yes, uh, I, I, I can go with you on that one. Full
5: circle. Okay, we can agree on that one.
6: Without
7: a doubt, we could agree on that one.
5: Let's go back. Let's go back to the phone lines. Here we got our buddy Juan is on the line down in Charleston, South Carolina. What's up, Juan?
1: Hey, good morning, guys. How y'all doing? We're great, man. All right. Hope you guys had a good Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year on the way coming in. Yes, well, well. indeed. All... Thank you. Shout out to Absolutely. all the dirty guys, and shout out to those guys. Hey, Ed. Hey, Ed, hey, great minds think alike. Hey, before I had time, I told my <laughs> wife the same thing twenty eight twenty four. That was my prediction all week for the school, and we did it.
7: I like it.
2: <laughs>
5: wow. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I remember you calling that one. That's good stuff. They, you know, they, they, uh, they, we had a couple of people who called twenty eight twenty four. 24. They this did, week. yeah. So, hey, good vibes yeah. all around for sure. Yeah,
1: and also, uh, I heard you guys talked about it earlier, man, but. Do you think uh, the Steelers need to send a tip to the NFL and say, hey, look, every game, T.J. is getting choked because that is getting ridiculous, man. The guy was choking T.J. and no flag.
7: Well, the funny thing is the NFL will probably send a letter. They'll say, hey, man, we missed this call right here or that should have been this. And we're just like, oh, it's after the fact. It doesn't really help us, but thanks. But thanks. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Let me say this. Does anybody remember uh, James Harrison and remember the number of times that, he got cho- he had the chokehold, the mataléo, as you yeah. say, which is like in All yeah. All right, it's the rear naked chokehold. I mean, it was ridiculous how many times he got that. So TJ ought to just call up James and say, "What'd you do about it?" Yeah,
1: and also with um, game balls on offense. Gotta give it to. The- to the captain number seven, man. The guy just, that first throw, he made that throw to Deontay. That was just perfect. And the way Deontay just laid out to make the, chance, the catch, and the ball didn't move and he hit the ground. So that was magnificent. So God gave it to number seven on offense and on defense. PG, but you got to give it to Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton was balling yesterday, man. Hey, if the ref wasn't in the way when he scooped that ball out, he would have
7: scored. The oh, 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 say that again. Say that again. <laughs> I, I didn't hear that part. Can you say that part again. If the referee was not in his way, what would have happened? He would have scored. Oh, okay. Did you hear that, Wolf? I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> can I? Can I just say
6: this? So you're telling me that. Mike Hilton got caught from behind and got knocked down by a referee. Okay, no, no, no,
7: no, 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 The referee was in front of him. <laughs> he, he actually
6: ran <laughs> the, ref- the referee yeah. over. He ran
7: the referee over. Yeah. And then the other guy fell Mark over top Turkey when he ran the referee over.
6: From behind. He ran
7: okay, he definitely runs the referee over though.
2: <laughs>
7: yeah,
2: the referee's running in front of behind.
7: him. Yeah. <laughs> the referee could oh, not get out man. the way, man. He was running in quicksand. Uh, <laughs> <in Austin.
1: laughs> And also, speaking of Mike Hilton, he made um, history on Sunday. He's the um, the fourth Steelers DB with three plus sacks in the season and three interceptions in the season. He joined Carnell Lake, Robertson, and B.C. Thompson. So, we got to find a way to try to resign this guy. Man, man
7: that's some nice company right there, too. Yeah. That is really excellent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: One. Yeah, so we got to try to find a way. Just trying to find a way to pay this guy. Get him
5: back in the black and gold, man. No, for sure, absolutely. But in the meantime, hopefully, he's uh, making some plays here the next coming weeks, and, and you know, we'll we'll see where those uh, those chips fall when the time comes. One uh, great stuff as always, bringing some facts to the show. I love it. Uh, thanks for the call, buddy, and uh, and and Merry Christmas uh, and Happy New Year guys. to you.
7: Appreciate thank you, Juan. Yes, indeed.
5: There he is. Yeah, no, uh, great stuff from Mike Hilton, without a doubt. Uh, You know, we've talked a lot about the spark of the offense, guys, but uh, not just yesterday. Mike Hilton has done that in a few big moments this year for the defense. When when they've needed a play, when they've needed a spark, he he has been there more often than not.
7: Without a doubt, man. Nope. I just love how tough he plays too, man. Just just gritty, Mm -hmm. gritty. Undersized. Especially for his size. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you think undersized, not the fastest guy, but a playmaker. A guy that just has a natural knack for the ball, a great timing as it pertains to blitzing. And like I said, man, just a, a smart player, very cerebral, man. You you hardly ever see him, number one, with the blown assignment or number two, getting beat to his leverage. I mean, he, he is one of those guys. He's going to be in proper position every time. Not saying that he won't get beat, but... If he's getting beat, it's not because of anything that he did. A lot of times, just because this guy is just a bad matchup for him. But man, he he does a really good job of making sure that he puts himself in the best position to succeed.
6: You know, the interesting thing about Mike Hilton is is one of the things that uh, I just love is I remember him guarding Gronkowski and doing it successfully. You know, what I mean, it, he 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 is no he does not shy away from contact. He is no respecter of size he's one of those guys that just i don't know he's he's one of those giant killers just love watching him play
5: yeah without a doubt he he's a lot of fun and he yeah he kind of not kind of he definitely personifies that that blue collar bring your lunch pail and uh and go to work mentality that we we talk about
7: kevin colbert as well man that's a guy that he found undrafted man a guy Mm -hmm. that he took a flyer on Mm-hmm. in the same mm-hmm. year where he already had a guy that was a similar build in terms of Ghost Golston as well. So, man, to even see them make that move when it happened and then it come into fruition how it has, I mean, that's just a great job by by Kevin Colbert in that scouting department.
6: Well said. You know, what's important about that too is the fact you've highlighted something I think is a, is a great factor in Kevin's favor in his scouting department the people that he has. One <laughs> of the things he does, he never lets ego get in the way of making a judgment, you know, whether – Senquez Golston was a draft choice and Mike Hilton was a find and, you know, an undrafted find. Um, He's not going to make it's not it's not going to determine if you make the team or not. And that's one of the things I've always appreciated about uh, watching Kevin Colbert go about his business. The draft pick or whatever, you know, whether you've spent a draft pick or not on him, it's not going to make a final. It's not going to weigh in the final analysis when it comes to uh, can somebody actually play or not.
7: And that's rare because I've been a part of multiple organizations and it was never handled that way. But in Pittsburgh, Coach Thomas has a saying he talks about he doesn't care by which means you've gotten here. If you can help us, put your hand in the pile. Meaning, I don't care if you were a first-round draft pick, I don't care if you were an undrafted guy, I don't care if you came over through free agency, because I always like to say that I'm like the stepchild, right? I came over through right? free agency, but it's like, if you can help this team, it does not matter how you got here. You're going to get an opportunity to do so, and if you continue to produce, that opportunity will expand. You talk about a guy like Vince Williams. Vince Williams is a sixth-round draft pick. Man, he survived the, 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 yeah. the Sean Spences, the Ryan Shaziers, the Devin Bushes, Like this guy has been here and it's been starting through all of those different players. That's that sp- that's that statement though coming to coming to truth right there. You you see it happening. It's multiple examples. Ramon Foster was another guy yep. in terms of men. Right. Not-, not having a-, a high pedigree in terms of Matt draft F- status. Matt Filer. Matt Fowler, BJ Finney, um, um Chris Even Hubbard. Kevin Dotson Kevin was a fourth B- guy. Uh, Kelvin Beacham. Alma Al- 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 was a pass wrestling. That's what I'm saying. With the Eagles we-, we can saying. Go- we can go down this list of how many players. Have come and have lived this mantra of man. It doesn't matter your means if you can play. We're going to put you in the best position to be successful. And I think that's a real uh, another reason why the longevity has been what it has been in Pittsburgh.
6: I think that's no question about it. Yeah, well said indeed.
7: And
5: I think too, uh, you know, I I think obviously Kevin Colbert is the guy who is is at the. the top of that food chain when it comes to those decisions. But a lot of other people deserve credit in that regard too. Mike Tomlin as well. I think a lot of people out in Steeler Nation don't, or maybe aren't aware of how involved he is in the draft process as well. And yeah. Like we said when we were talking about TJ Watt earlier, particularly when you're always picking in the back half of, of rounds, it, it's even more impressive. 412 919 13 16 will come back. Last segment of the morning, we will get to your reaction on the phone lines. Craig Woofley, Arthur Motz, Wesley Euler. It's in the locker room and Steelers Blitz crossover on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR.
3: Excited about to have some T-shirts, man. We, you know, we've been waiting to put them on for a few weeks now. And so, um, you know, it, it's a lot of excitement in there, and rightfully so, man. They've earned that.
4: You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf.
5: All right, to the phone lines we go to wrap up the show. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here on this Victory Monday. Let's go to Steeler Jimmy in Chicago. What's up, Jimmy?
9: What's up, boys? Happy holidays to you guys, man. You as well. So, yesterday we learned a couple things that uh, we could still create turnovers, we could still sack the quarterback, uh, we could still come up with a big stop when we have to. Big Ben can still throw the ball further than 10 yards. The receivers can still catch, but unfortunately we can't run the ball and that's going to be a problem in the playoffs. I hate to put a negative spin on such a great day because of that victory yesterday, but I'm a realist, man. And you know, to make it through the playoffs, mostly knows Wolfley knows you got to be able to run the ball. There's no way if we make it to Kansas City, we're coming out of there alive without running the ball. There's no way. And I just wish they would focus and concentrate on trying to get – they don't have to be great at it, just, you know, situational, how we always talk about. And, and you, you know, first and goal four times, man, you know, for, from that six-inch line and you can't run the ball in, that's just it, – it's just deflating, you know, watching it, man, because you know what their fate is going to be. You gotta be able to run the ball. We talk about it all the time, especially me. I talk about it all the time. You gotta run the ball. A team like Baltimore can go into Kansas city and win that game because of their awesome running game, along with their running quarterback. They keep Mahomes on the bench, burn up some clock, you know, milk the clock, run the ball. You can get out of there alive, but there's, there's no way we're getting, we're getting out of the playoffs alive, not being able to run the ball. And, and, like I said, it's such a great day and such a good bounce back win for Steeler Nation and the Steelers, and I know how happy they were and proud of themselves. But I still see, I still see a problem we're going to have, and unfortunately, you know, we can't hide that. I love you guys. I Just wanted to say that, and I'll listen to what you guys got to say. Love you guys. Happy New Year.
7: Thanks, Jimmy. You as well. Well, let's say I, I like yeah. his uh, his perspective. I mean, he's not wrong in terms of. Both things can be true, right? We could be excited about this game, could be impressed by the second half, but still very much aware of some of the flaws. We talked yeah. about the first half. I mean, that's the the running game or the lack of effective run game, that, that was a whole game thing. The slow start, something else to be alarmed by. But then also the defense's uh, inability to stop the run as well. I mean, we saw Taylor and Hines. Really gashing us at moments in that game yesterday. Even in the second half, they still were having some success on the ground. So that is something else that, you know, could potentially be a a more pressing issue going forward. But like I said, man, for me, I looked at it this way. Because right now we, we've we been so long before we've had a win. It's been so long that you appreciate this moment right now, man. Yeah. You appreciate the win. And after that, man, then you get into critiquing it, combing through it, and fine-tuning all the details and stuff like that. But I'm always a believer, man, if you don't appreciate and celebrate the good times, man, how do you get through the rough times? Hmm.
6: No question about it. And I, I know Steeler Jimmy from, uh, you know, he's been a, a good great caller over the years and a great guy. But, you know it, there is some common sense there i mean there is some yeah that can be a problem but this i'm going to give you jimmy and i i know that uh you know i'm again i'm a little bit like that kid at angels in the outfield but he, we saw a moment happen a little crack the sky moment it's great but here's the deal the first five games you rush for over 100 yards all right you're able to do that uh benny snell went 84 last week it still can be done if you've done it before you can do it again you have to obviously be able to be committed and apply yourself in, in a manner such as, uh, you know, you can in a game like last week, but think about it. Um, you got behind here really quick. Uh, did did you get behind the Colts? And you got to throw the ball. I mean, you, there's just no two ways about it. But I go to that second down and two to go, there was a nice trap there. There was a nice 12-yard run by James Conner uh, at, at a point in time. James Conner's catches don't diminish his five catches for 45 yards that created some first downs. James Conner brings a bang, and he scored that one-yard touchdown run. That was the second-best one-yard touchdown run on the field <laughs> yesterday. Jonathan Taylor had a really good one. Yeah, game, yeah. If you saw that one, that he beat three guys. I, but James Conner, that was a nice way to punch it in.
7: Hey, hey Wolf, I'm not going to lie. How impressed were you by Jonathan Taylor today? Man, very, very. It, it's one yeah. thing. Like I've I've been watching him obviously earlier out the season. It's different when you get to see it live, though. You you're watching, it's yes. like whoa, this dude is he's the real. He's the real deal, for sure. You know what? Uh, not only
6: that, when you watched him pick up Vinnie Williams yes. on the list, that
7: like that that was, I was impressive. like,
6: impressive. That doesn't happen. You know that? No, Fire X Vinnie beats the pants off of those guys. Any show boating back, he'll beat the pants off of. I was impressed that that Taylor's stuck him and, and and stayed with him.
5: Yeah. It's that it's that uh that big uh big ten mentality he had there, right? Yeah, picking up those blitzers, playing playing that heavy football. And yeah, guys, he's still twenty one years old. Mm-hmm. I mean he's like he yeah. was he was drafted like almost like a Devin Bush. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like still very young. He could be a three contract guy. Yeah, there's some some good running backs uh so far in uh, coming out of the, this rookie draft class. And unfortunately, right, I mean, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, these are division guys and AFC guys that we're probably going to have to see for the next right. decade. Uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, fellas, because that will do it uh, for us today. Uh, thanks to everybody who uh, called in and tweeted the show. And, uh, Wolf, I think we're going to be doing this again tomorrow. You, you you can't get enough
4: of us.
6: You know what? I can't. I <laughs> Truly, I want to thank you guys with Dutch being uh, having to attend to some matters. Thank you both from the bottom of my heart for stepping in. I love you guys. You guys are great.
7: Come Thanks on, man. There. Anytime I get a chance to get on a, a show <laughs> and just have a conversation <laughs> with you, you know I'm jumping at that opportunity, baby. But I need to get well, us all, we need to get us so all
5: much. back in the studio so we can, you know, we can have these fista-cuffs about wings in person.
2: <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs>
5: so we'll be back at 10 a.m. Tomorrow. We'll lead into the Mike Tomlin press conference. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Moats, Wesley Euler, you know where to find us. On ESPN Pittsburgh and Motsy?
7: Your 24-7 home with the black and gold. Uh-huh. Steelers. Nation. Radio?
0: Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At s Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why s Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, S&T Bank is here to help. Learn how S&T Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com, member FDIC. s and Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by J.D. Power. For J.D. Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards.